Last week marked the beginning of spring. The spring equinox is often looked forward to because it hopefully means less cold and more flowers. But the spring equinox is also the time for another holiday, a holiday celebrated in Iran and by the Persian diaspora. To learn more about this holiday, I called up my friend Samir Rajabi on March 19th. The audio is a bit funky since we are obviously social distancing and we're speaking via video call. Also, fair warning, Samira and I can get a bit goofy when we talk to each other. We bring out the other's sense of humor. You want to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Samira Rajabi. My friend! I am your friend. I'm also, I work at Sea Wilder. And you are Persian. I am Persian. And today is Persian New Year? Yes, we call it Nowruz. And is it... New Day. New Day. And is it one day or two days? It's, well, Persian New Year itself, Nowruz itself, it is the day of the spring equinox. It's actually the moment of the spring equinox is when you celebrate. But the period of the new year starts on the... um, It's called Red Wednesday, but you celebrate on the eve of Red Wednesday, um, which is Tuesday. So the last Tuesday before the equinox, you start uh, a cleansing ritual, basically, where they jump over a fire um, and say, my sickly pale yellowness into the fire, and it's radiant radiant redness into me, and it's uh, symbolic of sort of cleansing yourself for the coming spring year. And then for two weeks after the new year, um, you're meant to... um, live in the way that you would want the rest of your year to go. So you visit friends, um, you share AB, which is um, small gifts of cash for the new year to help people be prosperous in the new year. You build a sense of family. So it's hard this time of, um, you know, pandemic, but generally that's what happens. And on the 13th day, because 13th are usually unlucky, um, there's a day called Seed So on the 13th day of the new year, everybody sort of leaves their houses. And the grass that you've been growing for the entire New Year's Eve for wheatgrass, um, you're supposed to take that out and um, make wishes in the blades of grass and throw it out into the river. At least that's how my family always did it. Um, so really, the, the New Year lasts about um, two and a half weeks. Okay. And I'm, I'm curious because the the jumping over fire ritual... Um, Noruz is based off of, isn't it partially based off of Zoroastrianism? Yeah, and um, at least the way sort of it's dropped down, right? So it's become like sort of this myth. We don't really know how true any of it is anymore, but at least the way it's been taught to me, um, both in the community and through my family, was that um, in Zoroastrian traditions, fire was really important and rituals around fire were really important. Noruz is not considered a Muslim holiday. It's not considered... um, religious it's more of like sort of sort of a secular mm-hmm. pagan ritual anyway i mean it's cultural it's like because yeah. it's it's you know whether you're still in iran or not or you identify with like the broader persian identity it's something you celebrate right absolutely and um a lot of uh parsi cultures will celebrate a form of Nowruz too so it's something that's kind of um, been happening for a long time in different forms and formations, but it's, I think, most dominant in Iran and in the Iranian diaspora. Samira mentioned the Parsi culture, and I brought up Zoroastrianism. What are they? 
Well, approximately 4,000 years ago in the Persian kingdom, Zoroastrianism was the state religion. And it's considered to be the first monotheistic faith, although that can be disputed among scholars. During the spread of Islam from the Arabian Peninsula through North Africa, the Iberian Peninsula, and Persia, adherents of Zoroastrianism fled and became refugees. They were called Parsi, and they mainly migrated to India in the 7th century AD. For majority of listeners, you actually know of one Parsi. Freddie Mercury, the lead singer of Queen, was Parsi. But what about Zoroastrianism? Zoroaster, or Zarathustra in ancient Persian, was the prophet and founder of the religion. Like with most ancient history, little concrete fact is actually known about Zoroaster, but apparently the story goes he had a vision during his midlife that led him to begin teaching the worship of a single god called Ahura Mazda, which translates to wise lord. This turn is significant since during Zoroaster's life, polytheism dominated society. Yet there was also a counter-deity that battled Ahura Mazda, leading some scholars to refer to Zoroastrianism not as monotheism, but as dualism. This was the quote-unquote bad god, so it was a duality of good and evil. Fire is a key symbol within Zoroastrian belief, and is seen to be purifying. And that's why the idea of jumping over the fires during Noruz to purify oneself for the new year made me connect the practice back to ancient Persia and Zoroastrianism. Within Zoroastrianism, one had the choice to either follow the path of Asha, the truth, cosmic order, through the threefold path of good thoughts, good words, and good deeds, or to follow the path of deceit and destruction. There are actually many precursors within Zoroastrianism to theologies found in Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Greek philosophy, Baha'i, and Buddhism. If this pod has any Zoroastrian practitioners or scholars, please, please reach out. It would be great to do an episode that dives deeper into this ancient and fascinating faith. So you've already touched upon some of it, but the main customs, so... The, um, I know there's, there's the jumping over the fire and there's a lot of cleansing rituals. There's a lot of food associated with Mm Noruz, isn't there? Yeah. So tonight, um, before the new year, before the new year to prepare yourself for the new year, you're supposed to eat specific things. So one thing is sabzi polo, which is like a herb rice that, um, is meant to symbolize good health. And then we have reshta polo in my family, which is a rice with, uh, long wheat noodles, and that is meant to symbolize a long and healthy life. And then you eat fish for a reason that I don't remember. Omega threes, right? Yes. And, <laughs> um, oh, the other thing that's really important is um, uh, the thing you put out—the half scene, which is the seven scene uh, things that start with scene, which are symbolic uh, things that are supposed to like help you prepare for the spring. Um, so there's a lot of stuff like that. I can send you a picture of mine. It's super cute. But I was supposed to have candlesticks and I don't have candles. So I just have empty candlesticks. And so, okay. So 
Um, the half scene is like a table that like you gather around, and so for some people it has a religious book. For me, it has the book of um, Hafez poems. So Hafez was the ancient Iranian poet. Um, and then you grow your own wheat grass um, that represents like rejuvenation, new life, new growth. Um, you can put out. I put out um, Senjed, which is um, on the package. It translates to Russian olives. They're like these like dried. Um, oleaster. I don't know if that means anything to you. But it's supposed to say if you sit beneath this berry tree, your wishes come true. And that it's a symbol of love. Um, I've heard of that before, but I don't remember what the other word for it is. I'm not sure. It's oleaster. It's like the only translation I've been able to ever find online or anything. And I only ever knew it growing up as Sinjit, which is at the end how I spelled it and how it's spelled on the package I bought it from at the Iranian grocery store. Um, you put garlic out and that symbolizes medicine and being healthy in the new year. You put out apples, our health uh, health and beauty. Um, uh, somal, which is a spice, which is a really good spice. It helps promote a fast metabolism if you just uh, put it on your salad. Um, but it's like a symbol of, of new life and like, it's like the radiant redness. It's okay. a very red, bright spice. Um, so it's a symbol of like sunrise, new life, new day. As you can tell, we're very, we're a very symbolic people. Cougar, um, which is a sign of, um, maturing into the new year. What, wait, sorry. What did you say? It was a sign of maturing into the new year? Vinegar. Other people put Samanu, but I never know where to get it. It's like a wheatgrass pudding. Um... And most people make it, I don't know how to make it. But I do grow my own wheatgrass, and that's like the new life um, stuff. And then you have a sombol, which is a flower that represents spring. Um, I don't know what it's called in English. Oh, my God, I don't know any words in English, which is funny because I grew up in the United States. But um, the half scene was always taught to me in Farsi and Persian. So, um, yeah, I'll send you a picture of mine. Please and you put do. eggs for fertility and new life and we paint them so everyone's always like you're painting easter eggs and i'm like nope i'm painting new year's eggs (laughs) so um i know your family really loves getting together for celebrations i'm sorry i didn't mean to make you sad um and you usually are with them right like, you even flew back when you weren't living here anymore to come celebrate. Like the Christmas for the Iranians. So what do you usually do as a family? Um, so we usually light some fires in the backyard and jump over them. Um, on Red Wednesday, Eve. Sorry, is what it's called. Um, so we do that. We get ready. We go buy new clothes. You're supposed to be wearing something new at uh, right when and clock strikes spring um because that way you'll have something new to take you into the new year so if at 9 49 mountain standard time tonight you have some new underwear you can throw on i highly recommend it and you're supposed to be together with people you love and you're supposed to be in good spirits and joyful and at least the myth that was told to me the superstition is that the way you are at the moment of new year is how you will be for the rest of the year so um even though for example this year we are trapped in a pandemic and we're all self-isolating to try to keep safe one of the things we're doing we're you know going to jump on one big video chat to try to be together um in some way at that moment so that we will have this 
togetherness sustain us throughout the year. And um, because I saw what you posted on Instagram, do you want to explain how you did the fire jumping this year? I lit some candles in my house and I set them up and I jumped over them. Well, saying which means my yellow into you, your redness into me. And um, I made my husband do it. I made my mother-in-law do it. And I made my dogs do it. Yeah, how did you get Dusty and Lady to jump over candles? I mean, they more walked adjacent to the candles. <laughs> but I'm going to count it. And Lady only has three legs. So she inherently jumps all the time anyway. So for me, kind of perfect anyway. So, um, what are you, besides getting on a big video call, what else are you doing this year since you can't leave the house? So I'll put my new outfit on. Is that what the pink pantsuit is? No, it's not here yet. (laughs) Well, I do want to know what your new outfit is because I love your clothes. (laughs) This is not Um, turning into a fashion moment. (laughs) It's a Madewell dress. Um, it's some leopard spot high heels. I'll send you a picture of that too. And that's all. I'm excited. You said made well and dress, so it's like a peasanty wrap kind of thing. Floral, I'm excited. Obviously. Yeah. Really floral. It's snowing. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. It also routinely seems to snow on Persian New Year, which is hilarious. Like the first day of spring, always a spring storm. Colorado Um, weather. We'll also be making our special dinner. I wish you could come join. We'll be making uh, smoked white fish and sabzi polo and rice polo, so our two special rices. Um, And we'll be gathering around our half scene. So I've started making my own for the last like five or six years. Usually I used to just go to my mom's house and she would do it, but. She taught me it's important to carry on the tradition, so I've been making my own um, and learning to grow the grass and learning to, you know, find all of the things in a country where they're not always normal, especially when you don't know the translation. So <laughs> you're going into a grocery store and you're like, do you have Sinjed? And then you have like a weird blurry picture of these like brown things and <laughs> like, they're like, do you eat them? And I'm like, I don't know. I put them in a cute bowl and I put them on them. A table. But learning how to navigate that was really fun, actually. So, so um, you still have family in Iran, correct? Here? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, and if you haven't been paying attention to the news, people who are listening to this, Iran has been really badly hit by the coronavirus. Um, do you know, has your family told you how they plan on celebrating this year, if they can even celebrate? I mean, they're in a similar situation to we are, but further gone. Um, so they are, what are they doing to celebrate? I think they're a lot on self-isolation too. Um, my uncle lives with my grandmother, um, and his wife and daughter, so they're probably going to all celebrate together. He sent me a picture of his half scene this morning and wished me a happy new year and we all try to call them, you know, five minutes after the new year and all the phone lines get flooded. <laughs> so it gets really hard to, to do, but um, they're all going to be with their families. Everybody's kind of at home and trying not to make this worse, especially because, you know, um, the family matrix and patriarchs are very important in Iran. And um, for example, my grandmother um, is the last remaining um, matriarch in our family and we want to keep her safe. Yeah. Um, 
So people will be celebrating in quiet ways. My uncle is a shop owner, and he said that the coronavirus has um, curtailed the New Year's spending that would have been kind of the most, it's usually the most boisterous and joyful time of the year in Iran, and everybody's out, and they're, um, I mean, it's the closest thing I can compare it to in the U.S. It's the way, kind of the atmosphere around Christmas, yeah, right? It's yeah. Everything and everywhere and everyone is excited. Um but it's been very, very quiet this year. So it's kind of sad. Um, actually, my next project is looking at how people in the Iranian diaspora respond to traumas that they can't control back home, um, back in their home country or their um, native country. And so looking at when the internet shut, got shut down in Iran last November um, and the various conflicts between Iran and the U.S. throughout the beginning of this year. And then now looking at coronavirus hitting Iran really hard, really fast. Um, and it, uh, as people who have people we love there, not knowing how to help or how to reach mm-hmm. people sometimes, or well, there's nothing we can do, right? And then there's really heavy duty sanctions on Iran. So it's it's a bittersweet year this year because we want to maintain the traditions and go into the new year with a lot of joy. But it's sort of like we also recognize that there's some very real suffering um, happening. And I don't know, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that because I think. Um, for everybody, it's a really beautiful time of year still, but it's also a time where we're all grappling with a lot. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that people should know about Norris? It's the most fun holiday ever. And if we're allowed out of our houses on the 13th day of the new year, which will be 13 days after the spring equinox, which will be on April Fool's Day, leave your houses, be outside. Do something in nature, make a wish, and send it out to the universe because why the heck not? Exactly. Or and be six feet away from each other. <laughs> yeah. Alternatively, stay inside and open the window. Um, did I answer any of your questions or all of your questions? You answered all of my questions. Okay, I feel like I did a shitty. Job. Oh, I have a, another question. Yeah. What do you? How do you say Happy New Year? Aidit Mubarak or Aidit Shamak Mubarak. So Mubarak means like congratulations or happy. Um, and Aid is New Year. So you say Aidit Shamak Mubarak or um, some people say Noruz Piruz, which is like Happy New Year. And what else do people say? I mean, some people say Tabrik Midam, which is like I give you congratulations for the New Year. I was going. People say I was going to attempt to pronounce it, but that's just going to be some really bad white girl pronunciation. So we're no, going we to avoid that. Ada. Ada. Shoma. Shoma. Shoma is like you. Okay. And Mubarak. then Mubarak. Mubarak. I know Mubarak, but I know the because of the Arabic. And then you go like this: Mubarak, Mubarak. That's actually just happy birthday. <laughs> But I could see us adapting this song, right? Like Samir said, I hope you open a window to get some fresh air while you're practicing social distancing. But before we close, I want to share the show's first I'm thinking moment and then wrap up with a religion nerd moment. As I record this, I'm thinking about the 2020 census. Who here has gotten their mailed code to fill it out yet? I know I have. 
I've been thinking about the census a lot lately since I know starting almost two years ago up until now, there has been a lot of misinformation about the census. Quick note, there is not, I repeat, there is not a citizenship question on the 2020 census. This week in the Religionish Newsletter, I'll be sharing some musings about the census and hopefully correcting some of the misinformation out there. You can sign up by going to religionish.com and submitting your email in the form on the right-hand side of the site. Also, you need to respond by April 1st to be counted. This is the last week to really fill it out. You're a nerd. A nerd. You're a nerd. All right, so this religion nerd moment is pretty silly. As I was walking to the grocery store today, keeping six feet between me and other people, obviously, I noticed that someone scrawled Jehovah Witness on the sidewalk. I'm including a photo in the show notes. Yeah, that's it. I laughed. It's really interesting to think about, though, some sort of possible backstory for how that ended up on the sidewalk. It's not every day you see Jehovah Witness written on public spaces. That's a wrap on this episode of Religionish. Please, please rate the show and submit a written review on your listening platform. It will help the algorithms know you like the show and help share it with others. And the audience is built through word of mouth. Share your favorite episode with at least one other person this week. We're all social distancing, or should be, so it's a great time to listen to podcasts. You can find Religionish everywhere podcasts are found. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and more. So while you sit inside, dreaming of the day you can go eat at a restaurant again, or go to your friend's house, listen to Religionish. If you want some virtual socializing, reach out to Religionish on Twitter at Religionish, that's religion with I-S-H at the end, or on Instagram at Religionish underscore podcast. You can also email the show at religionishpodcast at gmail.com or leave a comment on the website. I'm always excited to hear from listeners or to get questions that should be answered in an episode, so don't hesitate to reach out. As always, this show was written, produced, and edited by me, Ashley Campbell. The show's logo was done by the talented Liz Allen, who you can find on Instagram at Liz underscore makes underscore prints. And the theme music was made by Joe Nicola and Dan Paulhammer. Thanks for listening, and stay nerdy.